Hello, everybody. Welcome to a wonderful, amazing, glorious edition of Not Safe for Wonks. This is going to be like a little tighter, a little more compact. Um, it's just the pips. Gladys is out. It's finals week. Leia has better things to do than like talk to us about nerd shit. Literal yeah. quote, her actual words. <laughs> Which, I mean, it's fine to have other uh, obligations, but like to tell us to quote, suck it, unquote. And it, like it just seemed excessive. It seemed rude. Some of the emojis she used were really like very disrespectful. Yeah. <laughs> and especially like we were we were just celebrating the Jason Call interview. We we're talking about being a team and we just got dunked on. It wasn't fun. And oh my gosh, that that interview is going to be out Monday. It's going to be really incredible. Excellent interview. We want to like take extra time and give it give it the affection and all that other stuff in terms of the editing booth, but good episode really good uh like we try to get people off of the normal talking points when they come through the show because like if you're listening to this you probably share values like we're not on cnn or whatever so it's really can we deepen your investment in these people and and what they're going through in their district and shit like that so i think we kind of did a really good job of that here I think actually you just kind of did a really good job of sort of encapsulating a lot of the hopes or dreams of this show <laughs> just now. I mean, yeah, I, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm here for. It's what I do. <laughs> um we and do have I guess this is gonna be a little bit of that kind of episode. Uh I, it's yeah, it's just me and Brandon here hanging out and we are kind of interested in talking a little bit about personal politics. Yeah. And also just a little bit about the show because we're almost at 50 episodes, which is what incredible. Episode, what episode? We're at like 45 now. This will be the 45th episode when it comes out, I Yo. think. Or no, this will be the 46th. 45 came out, I think. God, God damn. No, this will be the 45th episode, which means we now have to make some Donald Trump, shitty Donald Wait. Trump jokes in oh. it because it's episode 45. <laughs> we should wiggle this around and make this 46. But. <laughs> no but seriously uh, jokes aside we're really close to 50 episodes right and that's very exciting i mean i don't think we knew at the start that 50 episodes was something that we would be capable of i don't know about that i i thought we would get there actually. <laughs> like here's the what's thing. good to hear yeah when we did that first episode like well, actually, we can just treat this like it's a Patreon episode. Let's just let's just be real. Our first episode is really terrible, and people still listen to it. And I'm like, no, stop! Like the audio quality is terrible because, like, I think we lost my track. We tried like a really weird cloud-based uh, editing service, and it just fucked the audio up. And I spent like eight hours just clipping audio from here and there to make it coherent and cohesive. Um, and literally just like having conversations with himself with us again. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. My audio was ruined. I had to like redo all of my own audio. But um, if you'd listen to that first episode, like the chemistry's there, the vibe is there. Um, it's a good episode from an entertainment standpoint. Um, and that's that's good. That was powerful. So I, I I also like, don't feel like. Some things have changed, and we're going to get into that. Like, but nothing Absolutely. has changed in the sense of like I think, it, like I said at the sort of the beginning of this episode, you really encapsulated super well this sort of concept. You know, it seems cheesy to say these things, and of course, at the end of the day, like you know, we are interested in people donating to the Patreon and blah blah. It's not like we're doing this for absolutely nothing, but. We, we have been we, doing. We this really, we really do this for the passion. I know it sounds like, again like yeah. I, I, a lot of people say that they don't mean it. It's your choice whether you believe us or not. But we really do this for the passion of bringing people together around political issues and bringing interesting people in the political conversation into a spotlight. And our spotlight might not be that big, but it's getting bigger every day, and it's really exciting. It's a flashlight right now, but like. Soon it's going to be like one of those big fucking cop-sized flashlights from the 80s. One of those fucking 
things you got to punch the other end of the thing. That's going to be big. <laughs> um, we're getting there. Yeah. And so it's cool. It's It's been very exciting just to sort of grow and develop this podcast. And along the way, we've been sort of experiencing some, some changes in our own opinions about certain things somewhat. Right. And I think it's good that we've kind of been on this journey in such a we decided early on to be really aggressive in making and releasing episodes um, because there are shows that have not been around for as long as us and, and uh, that have been around longer and they're at like episode 14 or whatever. Right. We've just decided we're just going to fucking post like demons and like the higher the number gets, the more people think we know what we're doing, which is great. <laughs> uh, and to an extent, it's actually true. Yeah, um, I we've learn learned really a fast. lot by doing this much shit. <laughs> yeah, we've had to learn learn faster, die young. Absolutely, um, and that's that's really good. And and I'm pretty happy with where we're at. Um, there were one or two things that I wanted to happen that didn't, but I've also like we've gotten a lot of things that I didn't expect. So absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so I especially I lately, I have to say, like the podcast has really gone in a direction that I did not anticipate at first at all, and it's incredible. So, I mean, when we started this podcast, I mean, it was basically a Marianne Williamson podcast. Like, I mean, I would not go that far. We we were actually we were very tempered about it from the beginning. Um, in a lot of ways, there actually is another podcast. I can't think of the name of it. There actually is a podcast that is like nothing but support for Marianne Williamson. I listened to that one time and I was like, oh my god, I'm so glad we didn't do this. Okay, so all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. all right. So let's let's actually go back and let people know like the origins of our show. Yeah. Um. um so go ahead. Go. Yeah. Okay. Am I going or are you going? Just go go for it. So we met on a Williamson Discord. Um, and this was like the first week of that Discord being in existence. And the level of energy and excitement behind that was really rad. I think this, this was, was right after the first debate. This was right after the first debate. The, that Discord opened like the day after or something like that. It literally did. I know because I was uh, became heavily involved. Yeah. So um, everybody, it was so, it was really great. It was a great couple of weeks because everybody was looking for ways to get involved. They were looking for ways to communicate with each other. People were sharing like really intimate details about their life and what brought them there. And it was like something that I don't think we'll ever be able to replicate. And it was really good that we were all there in that moment. And uh, Leia, I think, was the one that wanted to start a podcast. I think she was like in a media area of the. the we the all kind of mentioned it. Leia pushed the strongest at right. the start to kind of actually like, let's do this. And it kind of um, dropped. And then I, I showed up like a few days later. Yeah. And I contacted her and I contacted you because both of y'all had expressed interest in it. So I was like, do y'all do y'all still want to do this? Because I think it was like two or three days later. And yeah. she was like, yeah. And you were like, yeah. So I was like, okay, let's brainstorm about it. And it was great. Um, it was definitely like instant chemistry. We all kind of plugged in together. And a lot of ways it was lucky because like if one of us had been like a goober, this whole thing wouldn't have worked out. <laughs> like, right. If one of us had like, or just not been good, but we all really complimented each other. The whole thing clicked really well. Um. I mean, this is, it really is incredible because, like, we're talking about a, a chat room that has, it still has hundreds of people in the server. Yeah, it's still you know, somewhat active. Um, and it's still somewhat active, but at the time was, like, you know, popping off, very active. Um, and, uh, and, and here it is. We're just, like, three random people who were all like, yeah, I'm kind of interested in doing a political podcast. <laughs> like, right. And, and it actually, we got together. And we recorded an episode and we all kind of walked away from that like that was way better than anything we expected, honestly. And, it, and I mean, it, even as much as we were just dunking on how much the first episode sucks compared to what it, it's you not know, where we're at now. Right. It was still it was still at the at the time. It was still this experience of like, 
that felt like we've been doing this for a year already. Absolutely. Yeah. Compared to how a lot of podcasts start. <laughs> um, and I think part of what helped it, maybe helped it, was Leia had couldn't record for a week. So we spent like a week like dogs at the ed edge of a chain just jumping at it like we wanted to do it. But we it didn't feel right to do the first episode without the entire crew there. So um, we just kind of had to, we went in overdrive just planning. And we've had like brainstorm sessions and things from that session that we still haven't done yet on the show. That's correct. Yeah, there, there are episode ideas from before the first episode was recorded yeah. that are still in the vault of ideas. I'm not kidding. Brandon is not kidding. That's correct. <laughs> this is some real shit. <laughs> I think we had like 50 I think we had like 40 episode ideas. I don't know how many we have in was, the in, in the vault, but it's a lot. It's it a, yeah, it's a, yeah. 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 And we we still have we have a, a large number that we're just always, you know, occasionally ticking some off the list, but we're always adding so many because we're just really honestly, like I said, we're just kind of really passionate about this. Like right. we 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 literally spend so much time, you know, off the mic also talking about politics and if you're in your, our discord you know that um <laughs> yeah our discord uh, is basically like our second twitter half of the like some of the shit we talk about on discord is funnier than the twitter thing like when, <laughs> when uh you were debating on whether biden was a wonk or a hack like that could have been like a i feel like it's so bad because if we had more twitter followers and shit we would have like hundred thousand like <laughs> like we have shit that's just incredible but it's just we don't have enough clout for it to get like the traction or whatever um but it's okay it is we're getting fun. there we're getting we're working on it absolutely um but uh to get back to our story like so we met through marion williamson and to be clear about kind of how marion williamson um had such an interesting thing that appealed to so many of us at that time especially was first of all i really went into this election basically thinking i'm kind of warm towards bernie and there's not necessarily a lot of other candidates that are going to excite me i know a lot of these people i follow politics you know actually, these actually can i think that we should actually go back to 2016 like this should be like yeah. uh, yeah us, it, it, um, um how'd i get you know scratch the record i guess you're wondering how i got here <laughs> <laughs> in order to tell you this story we've got to go all the way back because your yeah. thoughts on bernie 2020 depend a lot on how you thought about bernie 2016 mm -hmm. um, i think i don't know i think a lot of people just assumed that hillary clinton was going to be president in 2016 um we weren't all like hugely enthusiastic about it. Um, it. There was definitely a Mitt Romney kind of feeling. Um, but her poll numbers like at that time were just great. They were like Eisenhower-esque numbers. Um, yeah. People don't remember this, but like she was like at that time, like the most popular politician in the last like 40 years in America. Which I guess is the problem with buying all the media and the polls, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so we were, and obviously, if you know Hillary Clinton, you know that she's like kind of wishy washy and she's cringy a lot of the time. But um, there, there can be no doubt that she doesn't like the Republican Party. I think my number one beef with Obama uh, after the end of eight years, or I guess six years at that time, was just like he was so fixated on like hope and change that he really just took the Republicans on faith over and over again and just got repeatedly snookered. Um, yeah. And if you, and if you're supporting Hillary Clinton, you know, there's no hope. You don't have to worry about that at all. <laughs> um, so I just figured, you know, it'll be, it'll be messy, but things will be accomplished. And I guess around that time, there were some rumors that Elizabeth Warren would get in, but I, I knew enough about Elizabeth Warren that I knew she wasn't going to run because she doesn't have that. I mean, this is going to sound like mean to her 
because people are going to be supporting her and listening to this episode. But like we, I, I just knew in 2016, she did not have that kind of gumption or whatever. She's definitely cloudier now. Let's just put it that way. Like she's so much cloudier now than she was then. Like, I just don't think that she really right. had yeah. um, the social it, it was not, I didn't see something, it in her personality. You know, or like... Yeah, just general. Right. So, um, this white guy from Vermont, old guy. Bernie. Yeah, absolutely. And so this old white guy from Vermont, Bernie Sanders, throws his hat. Um, he gives a very great introductory speech. Um, very inspiring. I said, oh, there might be something to this guy. Um, and also, I said, at minimum, um, someone to challenge Hillary Clinton because she, like, didn't react well under pressure uh, mm -hmm. in the last election. Um, just to just to test her operation, to test her mettle, um, I thought would be good. And it's also good to have someone running to the left of Hillary um, so that she doesn't uh, waffle too much or go too right wing. Uh, again, it's a Clinton, so you know kind of what their operation is like. Um. At that time, were you seriously considering like voting for him, Sanders? No, um, I had a very different kind of 2016 take in a lot of ways. Oh, so where were you? Where were you at when Hillary was running and Bernie jumped in and all that other stuff? I mean, I was basically like um, the aftermath of the whole Obama administration being kind of a shit show. Uh, left me in this very doomer mindset politically. Um, and I was just pretty much convinced that not much could be done. And that anybody who was like claiming that they could do something within the Democratic Party was lying because the party was just too far gone. Um, and so I just straight up didn't believe Bernie from the start in 2016. And it took him, a, it took a long time for me to warm up to him at all and start to trust that there was something behind what this guy was saying. That's interesting because like, I believed him in terms of his sincerity. I guess I just didn't believe in him uh, because like those ideas are kind of new in terms of being the left wing of the democratic party for like people who are younger. But like, I was like, I've seen Bill Bradley. I've seen Howard Dean. I kind of, I've seen Kucinich. I kind of know basically what, that routine is and i kind of know what the support for that routine is going to be um and unfortunately like it's not like i had really strong policy disagreements with sanders i mean i was like yeah all the stuff you're talking about rah rah right on that's cool right um, but like you have no there's no support for you in congress there's no institutional support and at the time like there wasn't even like a huge grassroots thing behind him at the time I was like, if you like, if we get you in there, it's gonna be like you and Tim Canova. Uh, like, <laughs> There's a name. Just be the two of you, like saying we should do things, and everybody else just kind of looking at you. So, like, I liked him. Um, I thought right. he was cool, but like, I was like, yeah, it's uh, you do your thing, buddy. But come on, let's let's be real. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's a very understandable perspective. Yeah, but yeah, I was extremely, I was way more disillusioned at that time. Um, I mean, I was just really, like I say, I just was convinced that the Democratic Party could not offer solutions. And I was looking into more like third parties and stuff more so. And, you know, just kind of thinking about that. Uh, I didn't end up voting third party because I didn't like Jill Stein very much. Um, at the time, I actually probably like her more now, funny enough. <laughs> that is interesting. Um, but I, I had a lot of distrust for her at the time. Um, and so, you know, I just kind of figured, you know, you pulled, you pulled whatever lever doesn't even really matter in 2016. And so I wasn't inspired by anyone. Um, I, I think officially, I, I don't think I was like really driven to either i had a friend who was like a very big sanders guy he's younger than me and um he was just like oh it's got to be bernie bernie's the guy bernie the bernie that he was handing me the literature i was like i skimmed it i was like i 
my issue with him isn't like a policy issue. So it's not really like a, you're not going to convince me with a pamphlet. Um, but like, I, I definitely found my stomach kind of souring as the primary was going forward. Just that like the, the really eye rolling attacks from the Hillary Clinton camp that really showed that she was really in that 2008 mindset. And she was kind of attacking Sanders in a lot of the same really disingenuous ways that she attacked Obama. Um, and I, I kind of thought, oh, you know, maybe she's just not comfortable in a Democratic primary. And maybe if it's just against Trump or Cruz or which whoever comes out of that. And I was pretty sure it was going to be one of those two guys that Hillary would kind of get it together um, and we could like push her across the finish line. Um, I was very annoyed at the whole email scandal. Um, just like, why are you why are you acting in such a confident way um, that puts a millstone around everybody's necks and makes us work harder to have to defend you? Um, and as that time was going, as we were going through the debates and um, there was more enthusiasm for Sanders, I thought, you know, he might be kind of onto something. It might not be like fully cooked yet and ready to go, but I, I really see like a, a movement behind Sanders that I liked. And at that time, obviously, like black people were kind of slow to support him, like particularly older ones. And that was sort of used like a hammer against him. Like, oh, uh, you know, uh, supporting Sanders is at least pseudo racist <laughs> and uh, at least quasi racist. It's semi racist. Like whereas Hillary is friends with Obama. Yeah, this the the pure unleaded cynicism from like the Clinton campaign was like not great. And Sanders has not been like perfect on racial issues, obviously, just in terms of not necessarily policy, but just his level of comfort speaking about about those things. Um, he's gotten uh better in the last like this year. Yeah, um, still not like a hundred percent of what I want, but like better. Sure. Um, but I still th think that like. Using demographics as a as a way to talk about can this person break through and does this group of people not like this candidate? Like I lived through all that with Obama already. So like dragging us back to that discussion, uh, I was just like, oh God, here we go. I wasn't into it at all. Um, I thought that I maybe Hillary in the future would make for a better uh nominee or a better president but i was not really vibing with her during those primaries yeah i will say after the primary was decided um i was for family reasons spending some time in kind of the heart of flyover red country america and i i started to really strongly suspect that trump was gonna win and at that point i was like kind of freaked out when when i i got on i got on board trump is a real candidate very early when he came down that escalator uh i was like oh he could be president yeah. um when he called for the full ban of muslims i was like oh this dude like everybody was very outraged uh i was like oh he's gonna be president like he's gonna yeah. make it really close um the lower he went and the more excited the actual Republicans got and the more he fucking j dunked on Jeb, I was like, this is going to be really rough for Hillary Clinton because Hillary Clinton is basically like Jeb Bush in a lot of ways, just in terms of her charisma and energy and representing the old political guard. I feel like Jeb was kind of a warm up for Hillary in certain ways. Um, sure. And I think the thing is, is that against an opponent like Jeb or like Cruz, you know, Hillary would have probably talked her way around them. Right. But you can't do that with Trump. Right. Um, and so it was, and obviously all that stuff happened at the convention. I mean, people listening to this don't need to even hear me repeat like how screwy uh, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily use the word corrupt, but just very biased. Like I would. No, I definitely would. <laughs> Uh, uh, just very biased and very high school clicky um, and just like skirting with the edges of the rules to favor one person over another, just based on like networking and shit like that. Um, and it was, it was very gross. Um, but we went through it. The, 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 the nomination happened. 
and I I tried to have some hope that Hillary would just just get it together. I kind of was hoping that she would pick Warren as her vice president just because I feel like Warren is closer to her personal ideology. And it would have been nice to have like I, I kind of went through that entire spring and summer hoping that she would uh break free from the fucking blob just a little bit. But that was clearly a false hope. I mean, by that time she was the blob. Um, yeah, I mean her VP pick, Tim Kaine. God damn, Tim that Kane. was that was such an alienating choice for so many people. When it would have been so easy for her to just choose like literally anyone, almost literally anyone else would have been. Yeah. Better. Um. So when not even Tim Kaine on a policy level, although picking a pro-life person was of such political calculation. Because if you ask me. Like, I think we've had an interview and you asked, like, what does Hillary Clinton really stand for? I would I would definitely say she's pro-choice. That would probably be one of the top three things I say, I would say about her. So you picking somebody who obviously doesn't align with your values because you want to win votes in uh, Western Virginia uh, was just so Hillary Clinton that I was like, oh, like, what have I done? What have we done um, this person is probably not going to win. And she like just tripped over her shoelaces the she entire time. Style. Yeah, like it was she was just a person <laughs> that was very hard to support, even with stuff with like the passing out, which like it's not necessarily her fault that she passed out, but she obviously was advised to take a break and she was worried about like her appearance and looking macho. And I was like, so much of this campaign is tilted towards pandering to right-wing people. And maybe this is not going to be like the change from Obama that I had hoped for. Um, that weekend where she had called people deplorable was actually the first time I was like, okay, Hillary, you're speaking from your chest for once. So, of course, she immediately apologized. Yeah, um, back down, blah blah. Yeah, and it was like, what, what, what did we do here? This was not good. Yeah, I think you kind of touched on something important just a minute ago with like just how much that entire election was postured towards right wing politics. Like that, if you want to know out there, if you're still mulling over what the fuck happened in 2016, because let's be real, a lot of us still are sometimes, at least to some extent. Um. You you gotta look at it from that perspective, in my opinion. The the entire election was sh so right shifted. How the fuck do you expect people to get out to vote? Working class people were supposed to care about one of these two rich assholes who obviously did not care about them at all. This was like such. This that whole campaign was such. It was so disdainful of like working class people. It was so like kind of disdainful of black people i mean the way joe biden's being now you know everybody's talking about in the media yeah. you know joe biden saying this stuff to people like well just vote trump then because like i'm not progressive enough for you right hillary also said that kind of shit to people yeah. it was so based on taking people for granted and there are so many people who are democrats that are willing to be taken for granted and it's like how much energy do you have to be treated like this yeah and so a lot of people just, you know, couldn't handle it. And definitely after 2016, after the election went down, um, I was definitely not a Clinton fan before that. But I became really, really, really anti-Clinton after the election because I learned more about the ways that she'd manipulated the election. And through that, of course, then I started to learn more about Bernie from a more kind of like fairer perspective <laughs> because yeah. i was seeing him in this new light as somebody who you know must have really had something going on because he was fighting a literal impossible battle yeah you know i was never like wildly into hillary clinton just because like i remember 2008 and the shit that she said and did about obama was like so fucking dirty oh my god never, yeah and never apologized for never no. revisited never reckoned with and nope. so many of her stands just like tuck that shit under the bus 
And like, if somebody like Sanders that did half the shit that Hillary had done, uh, it would have been like uh, the fucking apocalypse. It would have been. The end well, of think the about, we just talked with Jason Call about the Howard Stern interview, yeah. you know, yeah. and like, like everything that she's fucking. <laughs> Bernie did this. Bernie did that. And I'm sorry to present her this way, but she is being a fucking baby in this interview. Yeah. Like, Wait. I don't even know how else to present it. Like, she's just literally just crying, not literally crying, but you know, she's just throwing a fit about this, you know, all these things that didn't go her way and how everyone else is wrong. Yeah. How are just Stern. like, everyone else ain't wrong or you'd be president. Yeah, Howard Stern is kind of a hack. He's kind of a douche. He's kind of over the hill. But one of his talents that he still has is he gets people to be their true self around him. Um, so we were definitely looking at real Hillary Clinton in that yes. interview. And real Hillary Clinton is extremely shitty and does not care about poor people at all. And and so, you know, all the shit that she's mad at him about, though, go compare that to what she did in 2008. And let me tell you something. Now, I'm going to tell you to go do this. You're going to have a hard time finding this stuff because she didn't doesn't want it to be found anymore. You know, this is some of the stuff that she created media walls around when she started running for president because she didn't want people asking questions about these things. But it's still out there if you look, if you really go back to these articles from 2008 and stuff, you can find information about this. Everything that she's mad at Bernie for doing, quote unquote, doing, which is nothing, by the way. He, he ran for president, <laughs> something you're allowed to do. Um, everything that she's mad at, though, like she was such a shit in 2008. It's unbelievable that she would even say anything. Yeah, like, like, oh, I'm going to stay in the election as long as possible, just in case Obama gets shot. Uh, Jesse Jackson got a lot of votes in South Carolina, too. It's no big deal. Uh, oh, Barack Obama's not a Muslim, as far as I know. Just all, just like the list of, of shit that's just in a democratic, pri a democratic party primary where we're all, oh, we love black people so much. And by the way, actually, no, um, it, it, black men have been like kind of kicked out of the black people discussion with a lot of these politicians. It's just black women, um, for some reason. I don't. I'm not even sure why. I, I guess they're like higher on the on the totem pole than we are. Um, well, I've actually seen some discussions about like sort of uh, bad white feminism. Yeah, we can have, you know, and like some things like that are adjacent to that. This is probably a topic for another episode. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The part the the whole black women versus black men, Democratic Party, that's definitely like a whole different episode. But yeah. just going through all that, um, it, it was just very frustrating. Trump got in. Um, and we got to kind of see a little bit more of what these two people were like when they got out of power. And Bernie was movement building, man, from day one. He did not stop. Um, yeah, and that's the thing. That's one of the things that really started to give me that little kernel of faith is because he was saying that shit. But a lot of people say that kind of shit. Like, even if I don't become president, we're going to blah, blah, blah. How many candidates have you heard say something like that? All, all of them. Right. Really all of um, and, and so, you know, Bernie was saying, even if I don't become president, we're going to blah, blah, blah. Next thing I know, 2018 rolls around. Holy shit. What the fuck happened? Right. He, what, is, this, is this the America I grew up in? He really worked tirelessly on, like, building uh, uh, surrogates. We've talked. I talked about it on the podcast before. Um, just elevating people, and some of those people left him to go chase money, which is fine, but whatever. Um, lifting surrogates, really working for congressional candidates, um, speaking on behalf of issues, um, and just work, hustling tirelessly whenever there was something that needed to be uh, addressed. Bernie Sanders was like the guy that was on ground zero addressing it. Um, whereas a lot of people in the Democratic Party, like, left to go sulk or they published a book or they were going to get the bag somewhere else they were going to make money bernie was in the streets and he was like doing things for people yeah and all of a sudden every city that's above like twenty thousand people has a dsa chapter in it and shit I, like that I like mean, this yeah. this stuff's just like pe these people are just coming out of the woodwork you're like w were these people really here the whole time, <laughs> we're here the whole time. i think well, <laughs> 
I can't speak for everybody. We we've had it. We had an episode discussing our political histories or whatever, and it got eaten by the machines. Yes, but uh, we are gonna do another version of that at some point. Okay. Yeah. Um. But like for me, I've always said like my politics have not changed. Just my vision of how to get there and what's possible. Um. And yeah, Bernie Sanders did a whole lot to change what's possible. Um, obviously, like social media had that as 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 a thing, and his success in fundraising inspired a lot of people that hey, this is possible to do on a high level. Um, but he was like a big instrument of that, and all of the people who are in the old guard of the Democratic Party had the option to get on board with this. Um, like, I think Obama is somebody who eternally keeps his powder dry. Uh, you know, he's, oh, they're, they're, uh, I'm going to wait for the 2018 midterm election and I'll talk about, uh, ballot access or whatever he ended up doing. He didn't do a lot. Um, he kind of like just got out the spotlight and chased down money. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and right now what he's doing is just like the worst things that he could be doing with his yeah. platform. I, I mean, if he was just <laughs> writing a book and doing like speaking gigs like Bill Clinton, I I wouldn't love it because like there's so many things that he could be helping to move the needle on right now. Um that but at least it wouldn't be like, oh God. Yeah, don't, don't <laughs> get in the way of what everybody else is doing while you're getting your money. Like, um don't go and do the the fundraisers and go talk about how everybody needs to calm down. Uh like it's not as bad if you actually go and you read like the the two paragraphs of context, but it's still pretty bad. Um, yeah. I, I I wish that his usual fear of infighting applied to people to his left, and it doesn't. Right, that's the problem with a lot of these moderate Democrats, of course. So, um, the, so anyway, let's get back to Marianne now. I think. Wait, yeah, I think we're Maybe. we're near there. We can talk about just like who people starting to declare were you interested yeah. of the other democrats that were in the field because well, i was not by that time i was like it's bernie's the only person here i would say that basically i was mildly interested in following all of the candidates just to learn about them right. and that i was hopeful that someone might you know jump out because I didn't know who Bernie was all that much before 2016. I had heard his name a few times, but I didn't know that much about him. Um, and, uh, you know, so I was kind of hoping maybe somebody else might jump out of the woodwork and surprise me. That was um, kind of my attitude, too. I was much more into into Sanders. I was yes. like, this is the guy. But if anybody else who's running wants to make a run for for being this level of guy, I mean, by all means, go for it. And, you know. Yeah, I personally liked Kamala Harris at that time, but I also like was like she's kind of. Uh, I'll also admit I very briefly was like kind of interested in Kamala. Yeah, um, and then her whole fucking record came out, and that was over. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, you know. So Bernie was always my my top choice, and it was I wasn't like a a host, I wasn't hostile to other people. Um, oh yeah, like, no way. Hey, if you if somebody wants to jump in here and talk about improving the lives of, of regular people, then by all means, let, let, let's hear what they've got. And I just wasn't impressed by basically anyone running. <laughs> yeah, I had the same kind of impression. I do remember like when Bernie announced, I was pretty excited. And I, uh, yeah, I wasn't hostile, but I did like post a few memes kind of like, you know, it's over now, folks, you know, because <laughs> like, I kind of felt that way at that point. Like I, it just seemed like, and that's honestly getting to now, it's a little bit how I feel now too, but we'll get into that in a minute. Um, but especially with Trump as president, I definitely felt like there needed to be there needs to be something completely different from what we've had before, and, and everybody seems to be running two thousand eight. And now Bernie actually has the support, like you said. You yeah. know, he's you know, it's we're in this time where congress would be ready to move on some of this shit and it's possible we could get a senate that's ready to move on this shit in 2020 if we're really lucky and you know like it's it's hard to say but like we could maybe make some shit happen in a way that wouldn't have been possible if he was just elected in 2016 with no i agree foundation there is um 
they're extreme underdogs. This the movement as a whole is extremely an underdog, but it is a movement. Yes, and it's very real and it's very big. It's very big because it turns out that most of us are working class and struggling. We certainly all are on this podcast. We know most of you listening are as well. Um, you know, you you're out there living paycheck to paycheck and shit. We can't, we can't, uh, for a lot of us, this is not a sustainable future to just keep living this way. Right. And on top of that, there are these existential threats involving the climate and foreign policy and shit like that. And that stuff's no joke either. And in fact, I don't want to like get too much back into Hillary Clinton, but Hillary Clinton from a foreign policy perspective is possibly one of the scariest presidents we could have ever had. I I mean... Yeah, without again, without going super into it, there was definitely a Golder Meir thing where there was definitely a vibe that she wanted to get into a military conflict to show that she was as tough as any guy, uh, and it wouldn't have been good. Yeah. So Marianne. Yes. Marianne. This is actually this is the perfect way to segue into Marianne. That is correct. Literally. In a lot of ways she was the polar opposite. Right. Um, so Marianne jumps into the race. Initially, I'm not that interested in her, to be honest, when she announces. Um, because I kind of, I, I lump her in the same category as like, you know, kind of like Yang at I that was, time, basically. I was, I was, I raised my eyebrow when Williamson announced. I was already familiar with her writing. So um, seeing her run for president was not something that I had considered or anticipated because I had not followed her life that closely. Like she ran for Congress or something a few years ago. I, I wasn't aware of that at all. So when she announced she was running for president, I was like, er? that's kind of weird. That's kind of interesting. Um, but I just kind of put it in the back of my mind. Yeah. So I kind of did the same, honestly. And then um, Right before the first debate, I was having a discussion with some friends and I'd been studying all the candidates closely. And by this point, of course, like, you know, I discovered that Kamala was bad and I knew that her campaign was ultimately going to fail. Um, I discovered that, you know, some of these other candidates, you know, blah, 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 whatever. I, I, and I knew that some of them just weren't even going to stand out from the start. People like John Delaney, you know, I just I knew that he was not going to have an appealing or differentiatable message you weren't interested um, in don't you lie <laughs> no that's what i'm saying like i mean I, I wasn't interested in him but i'm just saying like he i knew that he was not going to be a breakout candidate i, right, I right. knew there was no chance right right um but right before the first debate i started to suspect that marianne would be and part of it was because i had done the research by that time and discovered like that she had had that run for congress and stuff like that um <clears throat> Which, for the record, to all the people who say, oh, Marianne's not qualified enough, she's literally as qualified as Beto, bitches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, oh, but the state, the state Senate, that's, that political experience really makes you ready to be <laughs> fucking president of the United States. Right. Um, anyway. Uh, so, so Marianne did, in fact, give a very interesting performance the first debate which is what i basically kind of hoped at that point i think she hit on so many topics um in in a little bit of a weird way but in a good way that were just simply not being addressed by any politician on a debate at all at all maybe ever so i was wildly into that and i also thought here's somebody who might be able to appeal to people who are uh, a little bit older um who are maybe a little bit more spiritual or values oriented and that's like their big beef with trump and can kind of connect that with a more left-wing economic policy um that like those people haven't really given thought to or considered realistic um i saw just a synthesis of a lot of good things in williamson yes Obviously, there were places that we didn't necessarily 100% agree with her. You don't have to 100% agree with anyone. There's a few things I disagree with Bernie about. They're not that huge of issues, so I don't make a big deal out of it. Um, (laughs) But, like, overall, yes, Marianne was presenting this very interesting synthesis of ideas. Um, And it was really compelling. 
And obviously she gave some really interesting and compelling interviews on, you know, places like Chapo and, you know, uh, the now infamous Dave Rubin just destroying him on his own shitty show. It's beautiful. Uh, and And it really showed somebody who was thinking about things in this very different, very sincere and honestly very important way. And that got me excited. And it didn't make me be like, oh, I automatically 100% choose Marianne over Bernie. But I was like, I now have two people that I'm interested in this race very deeply. Um, yeah, for me, um, again, I wanted somebody who was outside of the traditional mold. And I think that's still the way to take on Trump. Um, like a, a Massachusetts nerd in a suit is not going to be Donald Trump. Um, I know that is for a lot of Democrats, like their ideal person is like a Massachusetts wonk um, with glasses and who talks like this. But I, I don't think that that's going to like connect with average people who are not like college grads who work in an office. Um, and, and, and Marianne, I saw maybe another person. Yeah. In addition to Bernie and to a much lesser extent, Harris, although by that time she was in the presidential campaign machine and she had just gotten like invasion of the body snatchers at that point. Yeah. Um, was like a normal person that I thought could relate to people, which is kind of what we were very much missing in 2016 and 2004 and 2000 and, uh, 1988, whatever. Yeah. Traditionally for Democrats. So yeah, I was very excited about that as well. Um, and I think that for me, like, I don't know, um, there's sort of a bystander effect for any kind of political action. Uh, sometimes you need to see like a few people dancing before other people start dancing with you. So I was like, as as far as Williamson goes, like, I want to be one of the first people that dances for this and just sort of run it up the flagpole and see who who we can inspire and who gets behind it. Yeah, and I remember a, f- a friend kind of got on my case a little bit and was like, why aren't you just supporting Bernie right now? And I was like, because it's really early in the primary, dude. Yeah, like, it, obviously, it, I'm going to fucking pull in behind the Bernie train at some point if I if, you know, if it comes down to that. But right now, who the fuck is talking about Williamson in a positive light? Me and right, only like, me. Not <laughs> yeah, like, like, absolutely. Uh, primary should be the time to vote for the person that you want. Um. The, the the people that want to like, oh, there are eight people on this stage. I can't pay attention to them. I really just want to talk to two people. I don't believe those people at all because no. you have the internet at your fingertips. You can listen to all these people in as much depth as you want to. I don't think there's any part of a conversation that you individually are missing out on. It's literally just offering people choices and letting them hear from a range of people. And the same people who are like, oh, there are too many people on this stage, like, Three weeks later, talking about, oh, the, the stage is all white people. What happened? Well, you fucking kicked everybody off stage. Yes. You're fucking desperate to do that and look at who those people were. Like, you can't just say, well, I want to hear from three people and there's going to be one a white guy and there's going to be one black woman and there's going to be one white woman or there's going to be the, actually, let's just have like <laughs> wow. a Latina for divert the, the, the man will be a Latino for diversity purposes. Like, that's not, you can't curate. Um, your political representation the same way you curate a fucking Netflix playlist. That's not how it works. So you either yeah, this support- isn't, we're not casting for a film. These yeah. the, p- politicians are people who have to be able to represent ideas and movements and things like that. And and that is a lot deeper than just putting a nice face on the party or whatever. Instead of dolls, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it it needs to be it and it shouldn't be like that um so w- without getting too in depth about diversity chat because that's another thing we could <laughs> have another hour on yes um, marianne we we definitely like especially because she was getting i think we predicted early on that she would get a few weeks of good press just for novelty Sure. And I don't think that materialized. I think there was like no. three days of good press and she was like under a lot of the same attacks that progressive candidates are under very immediately. There was no like sense of being deceived about what was going on 
from those guys. And she was hit with a lot of scurrilous and untrue attacks, like immediately out of the gate. And if you go back to like our first 10 episodes, you can hear about a lot of those. Yeah, we talk about all of that stuff because we were annoyed by it. And, yeah. Um, well, because it was upsetting. I mean, we really saw this potential and then we immediately saw it being ripped away under this completely false pretense. And it was just like, it was frustrating. Um, but at the same time, I would actually say it in a way inspired me to get even more involved with Bernie when I'm now that I'm here and ready to like make that step. Yeah, because, because you see the same you see you see the same shit perpetuated. I mean, you see right. everybody um, that's like to the left of, I don't know, Obama. Um, uh, of j that's just ridiculous flinging even to the right of Obama a little bit. But everyone just the the ridiculousness it's not yeah. great and it does make you want to the the more craven the lie is the more obvious it is the more you want to point it out and go hey this is bullshit and so, like hopefully like with this show we can um be like something that people who know it's bullshit but don't have the free time to sit there and break down why it's bullshit um <laughs> can listen to our show and at least be able to <laughs> confidently talk about it yeah so you know um i want to get into kind of like some things that i am still sort of like positively taking away from the marianne campaign um before we wrap up here and also just like just kind of say that like you know i mean our goal was never like i say you know we, there is a podcast i really can't remember the name that legitimately all they did was like debunk bad Marianne shit and support her 100%. And you know what? All power to them. I listened to a few episodes. It was some pretty good shit. Um, but like we knew from the beginning that this was more about progressive movements in general. Right. And, 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 and also about existential and philosophical ideas. Right. It was, it was. Like the podcast would not exist without Marianne, but it wasn't a Marianne podcast. Exactly. That's the best way to put it. So um, here we are, and things are changing as we get closer to episode 50 a little bit. But we hope that you won't feel like it's actually changed all that much because really, like, the goals are the same, you know, as, as day one. We're just better at it and more clear about what we want to do, what we can do. Um, because we didn't really think that some of the things that we now think are possible were possible at the start. So, you know, we're still figuring it out. But a couple things, because I think this is a good note to wrap this up episode up on, and then I want you to kind of do the same. A couple things that I took away from the Marianne campaign that are still going to be with me and are still going to be a part of this podcast um, is... First of all, like the way that I think about love in terms of a political conversation is never going to be the same. And it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Like, you know, Bernie talks a lot about fighting for somebody other than yourself. But Marianne was able to articulate a deeper emotional level to that message. And I'm going to continue to want to carry that forward for sure. The other thing I'll say is that I really validate and appreciate Marianne for helping to usher in the post-wonk era <laughs> that we hope to be <laughs> on the forefront of with right. this podcast. You know, pushing away from the wonkishness. Um, I personally, like, I got to meet Marianne. I don't feel yeah. like we talk about that enough. Yeah, we got to hang out a couple of times. Um, when she swung by Atlanta on tour, um, we shook hands. There are pictures. I don't have the picture, unfortunately. It exists somewhere, um, but I just don't have it. Um, some DSA boomer has it and can't some, get it off a device. Some, some boomer has it and can't get it off the device. And I'll, hopefully one day I'll get it. And they didn't delete it or anything like that. Um, it, this, and she was really amazing. Um, just her level of dignity, despite going through a lot of things that were just totally scurrilous. 
and kind of dealing with all of them without dunking on anybody. But she had just an inner calmness and, a, and an inner firmness that I think everybody can emulate and can can do can be better at emulating. Um, mm-hmm. And the people that I met working uh, with the Williamson campaign have been like to a person, the most patient, the nicest, the most generous people that like I've freaking ever met in politics like there's a lot of cool people in dsa but they're all like rightfully grouchy like they've got some tire mm-hmm. tricks on them um and, and the williamson people definitely see the same problems but they have just i don't know they're not as run they're not as gritty and run down as the rest of us on twitter <laughs> who are like shit posting all day and we're in the fucking shit posting wars um, yes. and even on twitter like the marianne williamson people are, are just universally nice, cool, good people. It's so are, true. That are, are good to hang out with and are very supportive of, of what you do. Um, and let me tell you something. The Marianne people out there are all committed to progressive politics. They're not out there like, I'm Marianne or die. Yeah, there's no Mary, there, there's no Marianne or marinate people. <laughs> like, that doesn't exist, man. They, they are definitely... Um, in this for the long term and i know she's inspired a lot of people to be a larger part of the political um conversation and not opt out of it or think of it as something that's like gross or beneath them yes um, yeah and that's wonderful and i hope and well i'm 100 percent sure that we'll continue to hear from her um in the year ahead and in the time after that um, yes, and I still am very excited to have her voice in politics, and you know, get at us in our mentions and tell us that she's anti-vax or whatever. We don't fucking care. First okay, of, no, shut first up. Of all, first of all, if you if you don't, I don't know how you would even come to this podcast if you don't <laughs> have a literal orb emoji in our fucking a Twitter <laughs> name. Um, like if you don't like hearing like Williamson retweets or likes or whatever, you got to get the fuck off our feed. Like, what are you doing? We're going to be retweeting her in 2022 also. Yeah. So, you know, just expect that shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, I, I just want to say to kind of like encapsulate all of this that like, yes, Marianne really gave me a more positive outlook towards politics. And like, as much as I love Bernie, he never did that in the same way. And I'm still so excited to support Bernie right now because Bernie honestly has more of the solutions that I need in my life, perhaps even if I'm going to go there. Like Marianne is not as strong on healthcare. I need healthcare now. Yeah. So like, you know, um, <laughs> we've talked about that in the past. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm not even going to say that, like, I'm not trying to say that Marianne is better than Bernie. I'm saying in this one particular area. Marianne was able to change my mindset about politics. And, and for that, I'm going to continue to be grateful and I'm going to continue to like stand by her as somebody whose voice needs to be in politics. Absolutely. So we've talked for a lot. Yeah. It's about time to wrap this up. Yeah, this was like a little kind of inside baseball episode. Yeah, uh, just, we actually do more of this on the Patreon. If you really like this app and you're like, I would love to hear these guys just talk more about their like personal political feelings and stuff. That's the Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> so check it out. We talk about the clout game. We talk about all of that. Yeah. Um, um, we're um, patreon.com slash not safe. That's right. Yeah, just jump in there. And in case you somehow haven't followed us on Twitter yet, we are nsf wonks on twitter and you gotta get with us on twitter because that's where all the fun happens we tell the people (laughs) on twitter that the fun happens on the show so we talk out out of both sides of our mouth but it's fun i think that maybe we're just having fun all the time the fun happens everywhere there's nothing but fun legitimately we love everything that we do and and i don't mean to say that we don't work really hard and struggle and have awful things uh, any of you who, you know, followed us through like the Green Party debate saga knows that like sometimes we work so hard for something that turns out to be a little bit frustrating. Um, and it's not like everything's been handed to us on a platter. But 
we love what we do, legitimately. We love recording all this stuff. We love interacting with you guys on Twitter. We really want to be a part of the political change that we want to see. We love it's it. That simple. We love you. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. You're the best. Have a good Literally. Like, all of you who listen, you're incredible. And, like, feel free to reach out anytime because we, we so much love hearing from you. So, for Kennedy Cooper, this is Brandon Buchanan. Not safe for wonks. Bye-bye. <laughs>